0: What does it mean to be happy? Really happy. Happiness is both elusive and passing. It comes and it goes. You have it and then it's gone. Or just when you think you're going to be really happy, it slips away. You just can't get it back. Graham Greene, in his short story, Dr. Fisher of Geneva, has one of his characters ruminate. Happiness is like one of those islands far out in the Pacific, which has been reported by sailors when it emerges from the haze where no cartographer has ever marked. The island disappears again for a whole generation, but no navigator can quite ascertain that it existed, only in the imagination of some long-ago sailor. And yet, we search for that elusive island, as it were, with all of the energy of our being, and so Amazon and the bookstores are filled with books purporting to contain the map for finding it. Happiness is something we all long for. Judy Garland could sing of a place like that island somewhere over the rainbow, but she never did really find happiness herself. When a reporter asked her about it, she snapped and said, I've got rainbows up to my ears, honey. And so the church is festooned with palms on this traditional Sunday of celebration as Jesus our Lord makes his way to Jerusalem. Amid all these acclaims of the crowd, it must have been a happy time for him with all the jubilation and excitement and the cries and the cheers for him. His message of God's dawning kingdom, which had played so well in the provinces among healings and and, uh, transformed lives. This would now be played out in the center of things here in Jerusalem. The holy city. The navel of the universe as the rabbis referred to it. John, the disciple of Jesus, is our guide this day and he tells us that a great crowd which had been drawn to the suburb of Bethany by word of the raising of Lazarus by Jesus, followed him toward Jerusalem, picking up fascinated bystanders along the way so that when the city gates loomed on the horizon, a donkey was quickly found, palms, branches were distributed, and Jesus entered the holy city as a conquering king with shouts of, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And then you recall the Pharisees said, see, we can do nothing. The whole world, the whole world has gone after Him. And then John tells us something which cannot be found in any of the other Gospel accounts. There were Greeks who were gathering in the crowd. Seekers, if you will. They weren't Jews. They were, they were of another culture yet they were seeking they were looking and they were attracted to this moral and religious vision that Jesus had offered and so they came to Jerusalem for the Passover and now in the midst of this tumultuous celebration some of them they spotted Philip who by the way was also a Greek and they went to him because he spoke in their language And they said, sir, we wish to see Jesus. What a question. For there he was coming in on the donkey for all to see. You sense that their question is at a deeper level. Sir, we want to see Jesus. Well, you know how it is. Their request went to Him and then on to Andrew and so on and so forth and Philip and they go to Jesus. And Jesus responds in a very strange way. He doesn't answer their question directly. He says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Verse 23. In other words, the coronation time has come, but if you really wish to see Me on this day of of palms, on this day of triumph, you must receive three seed realities which I bring. We find them in verses 24, 25, and 26. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. If it doesn't go into the ground and die, that seed just sitting there Is alone. But if it dies, then it must bear fruit. To see Jesus on this day of palms, Greeks that we are, seekers, if you will, we must learn the secret of right dying. Right dying. It's only what you allow to die in you for the sake of others that will really bear fruit. Let me say that again. It's only what you allow to die in you for the sake of others which bears the fruit of real living. George Bernard Shaw in his play The Doctor's Dilemma put it right up front and he didn't pull any punches. Don't try to live forever. You will not succeed. Use your health even to the point of wearing it out. That is what it is for for, because spend all you have before you die and outlive yourself. Outlive yourself. In other words, it isn't about longevity. It's about purpose. This parade, this celebration, this coronation, I receive this day, said Jesus. But this is not the meaning of my life. I've got some planting to do this week. And I trust God for the fruit. As we worship God This day, in the illusory safety of Pallas Verdes, with brothers and sisters struggling for life and freedom in the Ukraine, amidst all the missiles, bombs, and gunfire, we need to see Jesus through this seed reality. For he lived into our lives the secret of right dying, which young David Crozier of West Plains, Missouri framed in the last letter he wrote to his parents while a Peace Corps worker in Colombia before he was caught in a crossfire during a revolutionary ambush in the mid-1960s. Here's what he wrote to his parents. I would rather give my life trying to help someone than to have to give my life looking down a gun barrel at them. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. Don't die with others, said P.T. Forsyth, the English Congregationalist. Die with Christ. I like that. Die with Christ. But then Jesus unfolds a second seed reality. Those who love their life well, they're going to lose it. And those who hate their lives in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, this second seed reality on this day of palms for us who would see Jesus is the, is the opportunity to learn right loving. Right loving. Now, this verse, let's be honest, this verse is sort of an assault on our common sense vision of reality because life is precious. To honor life, we must love it. But Jesus tells us that kingdom living means to hate our life. What we do in the face of this contradiction between scriptural admonition and our felt sense of how things really are, the issue here that Jesus is lifting up is that of priorities. What do I put first in my life? When my life, when my safety, when my happiness is the primary value, I have the illusion that I have, that I have secured things. But in reality, I've hitched my star to that which will eventually completely disappear. But if my centering is on God and God's will and God's way for me, however awkwardly I do that, then strangely, strangely, my life is renewed each day as a gift. That's what Isaiah meant when he said, those who wait on the Lord, they renew their strength. They mount up with wings like eagles. When the centering is correct, my life is renewed each day as a gift. And if you miss this on your journey, you've really missed the Gospel. Listen to C.S. Lewis, the Christian writer and English professor, as he struggles with this truth in a letter to a friend. When I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, when I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Insofar as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God, and instead of God... I shall be moving towards the state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. Let me just stop and say the thing that we hear so often is family first, family first, family first. I get that. But our faith says God first. God first. And when we learn to love God first, we will learn to love our families more. But so much, even in Christianity and our culture, gets that turned around. I just want you to think about that. Dare to let your life go toward God and God's kingdom purposes, and then you've got it. That's why Marcel Prost, the French novelist, can speak to the waiting Greek in us that want to see Jesus. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but in seeing with new eyes. Seeing with new eyes. If you want to see Jesus on this day of palms in the midst of all the tumult and the shouting of a kingly welcome, you must receive... These seed realities, as you learn the secret of right dying, unless a seed or a grain falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. You must learn the secret of right loving. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Here we're not talking about hating our life as our life itself. What I'm trying to say is giving up the self-centered self that puts the self at the center of everything and putting God at the center. It's it's letting go of the self-centered self to embrace a God-centered self. And then thirdly, you must learn the secret of right-serving. Whoever serves me must follow me, verse 26. What does it mean to follow Jesus? That's what we're about on our Lenten Sermon series, following Christ, to follow Christ. What does it mean? We're going to go from this place to enter a week, this holy week, in which we remember Jesus. And the seed reality which He lived into our common life, the grain of wheat fell to the ground in His crucifixion. Think about it. The grain of wheat fell into the ground in His crucifixion. But it did not remain alone, for in His willingness to let His life go, He released into the Christian community the reality of resurrected life, kingdom life, eternal life, Same reality, different words. Which is life which dares to follow Jesus right here and now. Karl Barth could remind us, strictly speaking, there are no Christians. There are no Christians. There is only the eternal possibility of becoming Christian. The Christian life is a way not an arrival. The Christian life is a possibility, not a possession. The Christian life is a process, not a permanence. And as we seek to follow the Galilean wonderer, to absorb his teachings and receive our own personal life as renewal and gift, we begin to see Him as Savior and Lord. The one we submit our lives to. And that. And that. And that is where real happiness resides. Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord this day. Even the King of Israel there in the midst of palm branches and seed realities. Sir, said those Greek searchers of long ago, standing in our stead, we wish to see Jesus. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. When Christ went up, The April roads, the winds of April wept. But through the woodway's early buds, triumphant murmur swept. On every height, while time shall be, shall shine the glory of a tree. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And she who has eyes to see, Let her see. Palm branches and seed realities. May it be so for us. During this Holy Week and always. Amen.